Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film lovers mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? I am, for the 91st time, Sam Blakely, and for the 91st time, I'm joined by Hugh Dempsey. Hugh, how are you, mate? How's your week been? Uh, are you, um, are you like, are you like putting yourself forward for the, the, the job of a horse racing commentator or something? I'm getting all the energy out before there. the crash, because the crash will come. Before I might crash. as well make the most right. of it before. Like at the first furlough, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. hedge, or whatever. I don't know, I don't watch horse racing. <laughs> Just I was going to try and tiny... follow up with that metaphor and realise that I had nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't follow on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Let's just abandon yeah. that yeah. horse. And uh, yeah, yeah, Hugh, how's your week been? Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, I got an exercise bike, finally. Oh, good so. man, good man. Yeah. Have you used it? Uh, it's, not, no, it's not great so far. It's very hard to ride. Um, the pedals don't offer much resistance, despite the fact that I've cranked the little turn thing all the way. To you know, 11. I had the same with mine. I mean, I, I have I admittedly got more exercise out of lugging the bastard into my living room than I have from actually using it. But I had the same problem, and I don't know if it's something we can fix or if it's literally what I discovered was if I just try really hard, it gets more difficult. If I cycle I mean, harder, that's, it's more difficult. That's a lot of things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, but it's not actually much of a challenge to actually push them. Just no, you I know, was, normally. I was, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed with it, if I'm not going to lie, because it's not very comfortable, which makes it very difficult to get into a rhythm to cycling it. And if you can't get into a rhythm, you can't sort of do it. So I've not re- I only got it yesterday, and I'm not actually sat on it for more than maybe two minutes without... Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's yeah. very much of the time. You know, listener, when you're listening to this, it'll be in the UK at least a day before we can finally go to pubs again inside. If you're listening after that, then you, well, you're probably drunk Ooh. right now in a pub. Um, you know, we've all got our quarantine fifteen in a pub. I think you need to get out more into the different pubs. <laughs> Who sits and listens to a podcast in a pub unless they're waiting for somebody? I do occasionally if I'm going to the cinema. Speaking yeah, of which, sad. If, speaking of which. <laughs> I've already got my ticket booked Monday the 17th of May uh, to go to the cinema. I, I mean, I have been yeah. just so longing to go to the cinema. I, I, you know, I can drive now, so it's easy to get to it. I've, uh, and they're finally open on Monday, Hugh. I'm finally going to get to see uh, winner of Best Picture, walk? actress are you not gonna, and director. Are you not no going to walk down? No, it's a the... couple of miles. I'm just going to drive oh, nice and drowsily. A little bit further away, I've now moved. Yeah, Nomadland. Finally going to see it. It's on, been on, been on yeah. Prime. I never really. I don't like watching new films on on a TV screen, to be honest. Despite the fact that this week's film is a new film on Prime. On Prime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know, it's needs must, and this is why I'm absolutely okay. itching. So I'm, I'm going to get out to the cinema a lot. I think. Yeah, I saw how excited you were. The fact that you sent it in a message. And uh, you're like, here's my ticket for the. Yeah, but as you can see, I crossed out the QR code, so (laughs) you can't use it. (laughs) Oh yeah, I did wonder why you did that. I didn't realize. I didn't ever thought. What you thought that the so you sent it to me and uh, another podcast of Dakota in our little group podcast group chat and. Like, what, do you think I was going to go all the way to York <laughs> to use it or something? I thought you might come to Harrogate to uh, yeah. to exploit oh, Harrogate, your QR sorry. code. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, or um, uh, do you think Dakota's going to come all the way from Toronto? He's a crafty bastard, isn't he? 
Dakota. He is a bit crafty, isn't he? You know, he seems all Canadians. nice, doesn't he? In Canadians, yeah. So on, on the Could subject be. of Dakota, by the way, um, we are going to be joining him pretty soon, Hugh. It's going to be a pretty exciting time. Uh, long awaited episode, time. but but uh, keep your ears ears peeled and eyes Ooh. open for that one uh, because that, that could be a good one. That could be a good one. Yeah. Uh, in other news, um, my, my year 13's finished this week, and in one of my cards, uh, a student of mine said, uh, thanks for being such a lad, I adore your podcast. And I am 100% sure they were joking. I can't even remember telling that class that I had to do a podcast, but Maya, if you are listening, <laughs> thank you for uh, adoring the podcast. <laughs> for, I know you're not What's listening. What's name? So. Maya? Maya, like Maya, but Maya. Is it a girl or a boy? A girl, a boy. yeah, yeah. Oh, all oh, right. Now I should take a piss, man. <laughs> oh, I see Maya. Right, I thought yeah. it was a girl. That's just, yeah. just, just, I like. I just thought it was a lad because she, she went. You're an absolute lad. Absolutely a lad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's the first time anyone's ever described you as an absolute lad. <laughs> that's it. yeah. It's not. It's not the first adjective that comes to mind when describing. Maybe third or fourth. So. Hundred. No, I mean, it's in. The, it's in the. 20s or 30s at least <laughs> yeah but, absolutely um, but you know um, oh god I, I really thought if I just started the sentence to make in a segue that my brain would fill in the gap and come up with a good segue into this week's film and it I'm just not polishing it hasn't. it hasn't done yeah. it again for the uh, no. 46 I mean time. I tried earlier as I, you know when I mentioned that we were watching a new film on yeah. Amazon, but you then no, wanted to I talk then about continue to digress. Job. So, new yeah. listeners who've clicked on this podcast because they like the film, we've put them off already. They, you know, if I listen to a podcast because I like because I like the film that they're talking about, and they're talking about other stuff for five or six minutes, I stop listening. Um, so now yeah. that we've alienated everybody, let's get into the, <laughs> now we've got let's get into the meat. <laughs> <laughs> now, the really important thing here, we're, we're going to do the 2020 film Palm Springs. Um, just. Just please don't listen to this podcast if you haven't seen the film. I don't want you to be spoiled in any way. You know, it's almost it's a shame really that you you knew the a thing about the film before you went into it because it, it just took a little, takes a little bit I away from the first was, ten minutes. I think that was just because I saw the advert for it. Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah. you know, they were an indie film, and somebody paid them a lot of money, and they wanted to show that in the. In the trailers, and it's a shame, but uh, it is what it is. I, I wish I didn't know that fact before I went into seeing it, but I did at the time. Right, okay. So before I give a little plot summary, um, I don't think you knew much about it, Hugh, before you before you saw it. What did you know about it? So spoiler um, alert from I, this point on. Spoiler, spoiler, yeah, spoiler. Yeah. Don't listen if you haven't spoilers. seen it. Yeah, because it is like on Amazon as a new film at the minute. I think it only... Yeah, it was 2020, I think it came out. That's right. But, uh, I think it's only been on Amazon a couple of weeks, yeah. hasn't it? Maybe two, maybe three weeks or something. Wow, has it even been that long? Wow, I didn't realise. Yeah, um, I didn't really know anything. I knew it had Adam Sandberg in it, and that was, and I kind of knew that was some sort of, basically, like, we're going to talk about it a lot in this episode, but I knew there was some sort of maybe, like, Groundhog Day kind of vibe to it, but that's, I didn't know anything else beyond that. And then when you said you'd seen it, I kind of avoided... That's definitely the way to approach it. So I'll give a little, very quick plot summary. So again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Andy Samberg, he is reliving, spoiler alert, uh, the same day over and over again. He's stuck in a time loop, Groundhog Day slash Edge of Tomorrow time uh, style. Um, He's at a wedding of of the sister of his girlfriend, and he's been living the day for an indeterminate number of days. Um... 
It's not. It's, it's not her sister. Misty isn't his sis. Her sister. Sorry, it's you're right. Friend, that's it? right. Sorry. He. 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 Yeah. That's not the sister. Right. She, yeah. His uh, girlfriend's mid- friend is getting married. Um. And he um strikes yeah. up a bit of a mute cute meet cute with the the bride's sister. Um, who he accidentally traps in this time loop as well. Um, they go about trying to figure out basically what to do with this news, how to deal with it, how do you cope with it. It's a bit of a, it's a slightly psychological, um, philosophical sort of thing, but really it's a screwball, high concept, fun comedy, uh, rom com, really. Um, yeah, I think it's. I would mention that like the character that Adam Sandberg plays in it, he's kind of he's very much kind of become a bit of a, a nihilist yeah. about it. Hasn't he's he? been there, and we'll, his we'll, get into, we'll try and speculate later into potentially how long he's been there. But he's been there, yeah, at least for decades. He's already and been so, there a while, at least. Um, oh, you think yeah, decades oh, already? Easily. Right. Um, um, so we'll get into that. We'll get into that That's later. But anyway, so yeah, he's been there so long that he's given up all hope of leaving, and he just tries to enjoy it each day and. Uh, sort of find the meaninglessness of, of existence and how absurd it is and so we can you know we could be a completely different podcast and get really philosophical about it and start talking about Albert Camus and existentialism and stuff but we'd have to do a bit more pre-reading <laughs> on that one um, so let's not do that <laughs> I'm sure YouTube is there for that oh we've just lost another 10% of our audience <laughs> now that we're just down to our core four uh, existential five. Yeah. French philosophy uh, let's, let's get into it yeah. so I uh, this is one of my favourite kinds of films, I think. Fun, high concept, uh, smart comedies. Uh, I think as you know, they're not always going to be my top three films ever because they tend to need a little, maybe more meat on the bone, or maybe generally more straight drama or something like that. But just as a Saturday night thing to watch, you can't go for me much better than this. I've. I can ironically rewatch Grey Out Ground of Day as many times as, as you like. It's not a film I ever get bored of watching. That, that, there yeah. is an irony to that statement. <laughs> exactly, whereas, you know, most films you're watching yeah. the same scene once per film, Ground of Day, many, many times, and I, I could watch it over and over again. There is another time loopy sort of film that um, I am going to recommend in the future that I know you haven't seen that also I could rewatch uh, quite often and not get bored of. Edge of Tomorrow as well, you know, one of the most fun films. Yeah, that's a great One of my favourite films of that year. That's one of the. F- it's one of the few films where you're not scared by talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and what I really like is that this film found a new way to tell that story. It's, it's you know, a time loop isn't a genre other than the fact that several films have done it. So it, it's a thing to build on. You know, it's a, it's a thing that has yeah. has um, beats, you know, recognisable beats, really. And, uh, and I th- it's a very popular sort of thing in sci-fi tv yeah. shows i've noticed yeah. over the years where they'll use it as a right if you know if it's a, if it's one of these like 20 episodes a season sci-fi <laughs> shows it's like okay well this is the time loop episode yeah yeah exactly you know, we'll do a music episode, episode or at least the time traveling yeah. episode sort of thing and uh, and you know it's like a you know a body swap comedy is a genre only in so much as there's been a few of them um you know and, and again yeah. there's tropes and that's yeah again you get that on lots of sci-fi tv shows yeah don't you? where they yeah that's a very popular trope as well yeah it kind of falls into those it's like a sub genre exactly it? such that an episode of rick and morty or community could be themed around it and you'd recognize yeah. tropes even if you've only seen two of the films that are kind of referred to have they done a time loop episode in rick and morty yet <sighs> I'm not. I, you know what? Actually, funny enough, I'm wearing Rick and Morty pajamas, both top and bottoms. But I'm not much of an expert on Rick and Morty. Yeah. I've seen it several times, but I've not got a great memory for what they have and haven't done. Um, 
It's the sort of thing they might have done. But Community have done a body swap comedy. But then uh, it's one of those things. It might be so obvious that they would have to do it in their own, you know, unique style. Do you know what I mean? Which leads me nicely to this film, really, because what they, you know, they were very aware of Groundhog Day when they were making it. And so they had to find a new way. And I think the best way to do that is to have the character already in that loop. Um, And obviously Kristen Malotti's character, joining him in that loop is our uh, key into into the whole process and learning the rules and so on but it's nice to have you know a Phil Connors 80 minutes into Groundhog Day is our main character already at the start (laughs) you know and to see that he's already been broken down by it I just I really love really love it and I also love that they've not trapped him in Punxsutawney you know they've not trapped him somewhere that he has to live the same day he just he could go you know as you said he went to was it Equatorial Guinea or something? I can't remember where he said he went. Like <laughs> you know, that, yeah. He says he, got, he, he took a load of drugs in here and got quite Yeah, and, and I love that. You know, you could just go driving and you could go on a plane just as long as you don't die or fall asleep. You actually can. Yeah, my question, my question there is he was like, oh, as soon as you fall asleep. So, like, if you stay up for, like, three days straight, do you then... And then the second you fall... Obviously, then the second you fall asleep, you're back into the time loop. But then... Yeah, that that would be my thing. I'd be like, see how long I can yeah. stay at work. Like she doesn't, she doesn't even manage. Like she barely manages twenty four hours. I mean, she drives back to Texas, <laughs> to be fair, which is probably quite far. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, but but it's clearly about six in the morning when she gets there. It's not like it's twelve in the afternoon when she gets back. I'm just gonna, I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna be on Google Maps, just saying Palm Springs to right. Okay, I mean. To Austin, I'm sure Texas. The, maybe I'm sure it's, it's like a, at least an eight hour driving. driving. It would take you nineteen hours. Yeah, so you're right. It's less than a day. Uh, that's yeah. you get a long way in nineteen hours. Blimey! Well, you learn something every day on this podcast. <laughs> Especially on American highways. I yeah, guess, yeah. Um, on their on their freeways motorways. As we call it. Um, yeah. where he's where he's kind of. Um, resenting the fact that he's living that day over and over and he's, he kind of describes his perfect day where he made love under a tree or whatever with you know his girlfriend and in a sense that's what Niles and his Sandberg's character is getting to live you know it's not his it's not the character's perfect day but it's a pretty idyllic setting uh, with people that he knows and some people he gets on with and you know it's quite a nice place to, to relive every day um and what I really like is so again I mentioned community before. There's there's an episode of community that that if you ask people their favorite community episode, that's one of the top three fairly consistently. It's the um, uh, remedial chaos theory, and it's the one where Jeff is um, uh, rolling a dice to really oh, yeah. to find out who has yeah. to go get the pizza. It's the one with the pizza. The, with the other pizza. Yeah. And so you you, you live the relive the same scene but in different combinations. And I actually appreciate that episode but I don't really like it because I get really bored really quickly of watching the same scene two or three times and this this film doesn't do that. You see the same bits in a montage of it showing that the day is repeating again but you don't get an entire scene. You get maybe two lines at most until it starts to diverge uh, into the new reality and I just really like that. I just really appreciate that because I don't like it when shows replay it over and over again. Arrested Development series, I think four or five, they play the same storyline but from each character's perspective over the course of the season and it gets so old by the end um, because you do see full scenes, you know, the same long dialogue uh, over and over again and it's it's very, very dull. Um, Andy Samberg is one of the most likeable leading men you know he's so hard to dislike especially if you've seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, and loved him in that 
I just, uh, you know, I find him just really infectiously enjoyable, and I quite like him with a bit of an edge to him as he's got in this, but he's still Andy Samberg, you know, still sort of lovable, yeah, I know you, grown I know, child. You're a fan, aren't yeah, you? You're a fan. Great. What do you think then, Sam? I wouldn't like about this film. Mm. Don't worry, Hugh. I've still got a couple more things I liked about it before we before we get oh, into okay. that. Oh, okay. Um, Go on then. We, we've talked a lot in the past about proactive and passive characters, and I think there's a great interplay there. You know, again, you could get deeper and more philosophical in terms of whether it's nihilism and versus whatever, whatever they're all the words are. But you know, you've got Niles, who's who's <laughs> kind of whatever the isms. Yeah, are. <laughs> Niles has resigned himself to this existence, whereas Sarah is very proactive. And Kristen Mulotti plays those characters quite often. She plays a similar character in Black Mirror, SS Callista. USS Callista. I've not seen that yet. Is that right? I, I, you know, I'm so far, I'm so behind on wow, that mirror. Okay. I just need to, yeah, I need to watch so much of it. I've been like eking them out over like a, a long period, <laughs> right. I guess. You've just kind of, it kind of, you've just reminded me actually I need to, I might watch some. It's, do you know what it is? I can watch one episode and because they're always like pretty heavy, you're like, oh man, that was yeah, hard. Yeah, I've never binged and then you're like, you what? And you've watched another one then. I thought it's like, I think the most I ever watched in a one go was maybe two. Right. Yeah, no, I'm the same. <laughs> and I'm after the, same. the second one, you're just like, oh, I need to like look at pictures of kids <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, yeah. I need to see that the worlds are not, not this awful place. Charlie Brooker has a very, he's got a dark sensibility, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, they're not, they're not always hopeful. I'd say, I'd say it's quite hard to be him <laughs> <laughs> from the stuff you write Definitely. about. Or, or either that or, you know, writing his therapy for him. Um, but yeah, Kristen, Kristen McLean's very good at that. She's not um, a wallflower. And I thought she's excellent in this. And you see it right from the start. As soon as she's forced into this time loop, she's charging after um, Niles and attacking him with beer cans to try to get him out of the water to find out what's happened to her. She's not going to take it lying down. Um, and that that also, again, spoiler, 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 um, leads to how how the film ultimately ends. You know, she gets the work done and figures out the how to get out of the time loop. And I think that's really excellent. And and just in terms of storytelling, it it reveals the key elements at the right time. The the exposition's very subtle, or at least it's not. You know, there's there's some info dumpy moments where he's got to explain it to her, but it's organic. It doesn't start with a. Um, Makes sense though. I mean, if you've got somebody who's put into this situation, you've got to explain it to them what's happening. It's a writing challenge, and and a lot of writers fail by just having them sit down and watch a PowerPoint presentation. But instead, it and and it's (laughs) somebody will do that eventually in a in a a film, or maybe somebody will open up a bunch of emails that will be basically trailers for sequels. For example, (laughs) Uh, you know, it doesn't start with a bit of narration with uh, with Nile saying, "So I'm just a regular Joe. I, I drink beer. I like to relax in the sun." Oh, there is yeah, just one thing. Yeah. Every day I wake up and it's the same day. You know, it's it's not that sort of really yeah. lazy bullshit. Uh, and we take her perspective. In. I don't think any of those time loop films have done that. That would be interesting, though, wouldn't it? To have a, an inner monologue, maybe. Uh, it would just be... It's written it well. It would just be so done. You know, like, not as a time loop, but just the idea that someone's having a, someone's got a strange life and they start with, oh, you know, I'm a regular Joe, but there is just one thing. I have balls for feet, you know, like they don't really hear it. It's just like, God, see it. Carry on. I'm intrigued by your idea. I'd see this. Take my money. sit down and explain about Roy. She sees Roy before she even gets into the time. He's too busy talking about balls for feet, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. He's always on about balls for feet. And uh, and it just, yeah, it just reveals it really nicely. I just just really love it. And final thing, um, whenever we do a um, Coen Brothers film, it's, it's customary to talk about the minor characters and how great and eccentric and full of life they are and in rewatching it for the third time today it's 
it does that. Every character is weird in their own way, you know, whether it's Daisy the barkeep, <laughs> the bartender who's just nuts. What, yeah, what does she <laughs> say when he's like, when she asks him how many people he slept with in there and she's, he's like, oh, she says, Daisy. I, uh, I, I hit a guy with this car once. I, um, he might have oh, been dead. I just kept driving or whatever. Yeah, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. Sort of like cowboy guy with drugs in his coat, and he's a bit, you know, yeah. a bit weird. Uh, so anyway, yeah, full of life, very fun, immediately likable. I could rewatch this again, ironically, as many times as you need me to. So I've, I've gone on a lot. Mm. Hugh, what in terms of what you don't like? I genuinely don't know. I, I genuinely don't. I mean, in rewatching it, I see the twists coming a mile off. But I think that mean, but I didn't the first time, which I think that means that they were done really well and signposted so well. Just, just understanding the dynamics of filmmaking that they didn't, that it worked on me. I don't, I don't know what you could possibly dislike about this. And I think knowing your sensibilities, yeah. you probably will really like it. So I've got a nagging doubt that you'll love it, but I do think you'll really like it. Um, I see. So you couldn't really signpost anything that I might be like. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it's ninety minutes. I know that you like J.K. Simmons. I know that you probably quite like Andy Samberg. I don't know, maybe you're anti-Semitic or something. Him. I don't really know. Um, let's find out. <laughs> the last time I checked, but I'll, I'll let you know if I change. Prove some of the pudding. Um, yeah. So let's find out. We're going to go for a little break, and when we get back, we're going to get Hughes views. So join us after the break. Hi and welcome back to the second part. We're now ready for Hugh's views. Uh, Hugh, what did you like about Palm Springs? <laughs> I, should, I, should, I should get a theme tune, shouldn't I? A bit like the Roger Ebert thing. You know, maybe like late night jazz guy going, nice. <laughs> Hugh's views. <laughs> Smooth views. <laughs> nice. um, so, yeah, Palm Springs 2020. Uh, Adam, Adam, Andy. I've put Adam here by accident. <laughs> Andy Sandberg. I think you said Adam last week as well. You're thinking Adam Sandberg. I don't know what I'm sure, thinking. Yeah, I think on re-listening to last week's episode. Did I say Adam, Adam Sandberg? Sandberg? I need to anyway, change that in my notes. Yeah. Andy Sandberg, you know, star of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Lonely Island fame. You know, very, very, very talented, very funny man. Uh, can't deny that. Um, yeah, he's good in this. The two, I like the two leads in this film. They're both really solid. The film's quite funny. Um it's these time loop films or shows or things are always they're always quite fun you know you get I think you've mentioned it before when uh, we were doing when you've talked about like um, screenwriting and stuff like you know when they play around with their abilities and things like that you know there's there's some fun scenes there um you know, when they're in the plane, when they go to the bar, uh, when they're in the car and she falls out and dies and he just laughs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the fact that, like you said, it picks up as if, like, you know, he's already been in there a few years at least, you know, and he's he knows everything what's going to happen and, you know, he knows about the earthquake and he knows about when the, the, the earthquake happens and it opens this, like, portal or whatever it is. He knows, you know, even, like, individual dance moves of people, Um <laughs> like yeah, like the bit we said, you know, when he's when she asks how many people he slept with, and he, um, you know, he's like, oh, I slept with the bartender, and he says he tried to sleep with the bride, and um, <laughs> but no dice, yeah. And then he was like, and then he was like, oh yeah, I slept. I can't remember the character's name, but he's he's Jerry. Uh, 
is it Jer- Jerry? Or he's like, he's like a slept with the hit, and then he's like, I slept with the woman from the bar. Yeah, <laughs> and she was your like, your dad. Yeah, we do. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, I haven't slept with your dad. That's, that was really funny. Yeah, I like that he said it's just it's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, I mean, he could sleep with Misty, fair enough, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, oh, yeah, obviously, and obviously, obviously yeah. they do that in Groundhog Day as well, don't they? They kind of um, show that he sleeps with what's her name, Jenny, or something like that. Oh, is the it the bit where she's like, to high school with? Is it when he's yeah, when she's like, oh, she makes um, a giggling noise when she comes or something <laughs> yeah. like that, when she orgasms or something. <laughs> somebody just looks yeah, I don't think they got away with when she comes. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that. I think it was an orgasm, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I quite I quite liked that as your jumping off point, which is different, you know, because. Um, I'd be fair this, this this sort of time loop thing has been done a lot on television on film um, have you ever seen the show Russian Doll I haven't no that's got uh, the woman from Orange is New Black and American Pie um, and that's again about you know somebody reliving the same day over and over again mm-hmm. it's oh, not too it? bad worth for watch um, so yeah I, it, yeah, I, I really liked that. I, I, you know, I like you said, I like J.K. Simmons. He's really he has a lot of gravitas to the film. I think, um, and it is a funny film. You know, I did laugh in this film. Um, tell your face, then. Come on, it's a, it's a great funny film. That's what you're supposed to do. You, you know, you got to give it some energy. Yeah. It's a funny sorry. film. It's really good performance. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I was reading my notes. <laughs> it was like no, a bullet point. It is funny. There is some good laughs. <laughs> this is it. an audio meme. We're not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> there is some funny bits in it. They're like. Um, I like the bit, you know, when the, she, he takes her, when you think the first time, and they're at the, um, and he like shows his uh, girlfriend sleeping with the, <laughs> the Chinese pastor yeah. or whatever he is, cowboy <laughs> guy, yeah. and, and he's like, she, she's like, he's like, oh, you should say something, it's like, nah, they're meant to be together, and yeah. she's like, it's kind of hot, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Don't you I dare mean, kiss me. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. I really did. I, I it was a, like you said, ninety minutes. It's tight. You know, there's no there's no faff in it, is there? There's, there is um, not. There is not a wasted scene for me. You know, it, 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 it was actually one of those films that I was sat watching, going because I knew it was ninety minutes, and I kind of <laughs> realised that the end of the film was coming up, and I was like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. I was kind of a little bit disappointed. And yeah, I like I like the central kind of meet cute love story that has it that's in the film in the end. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's they, they, they do a really good job of her basically. Oh, I'll never sleep with you, okay? So that just forget about it. And then she's like, slowly but surely, she's um, kind of coming around to the idea of. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think liking him and stuff like that. And they, you know, they make a nice couple, I think. Um, and uh, you know, I mm-hmm. like her character. Yeah. yeah, I think I like the fact that, like you said, she's the one who figures it out. And she's the one who goes away and, like, it, yeah, like you said, proactive versus a passive character. And so, like... Well, he's basically the dude, isn't he, from The Big Lebowski, who we really appreciate as a passive character. You know, he's 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 sort of... His whole point is his path at this stage. Yeah, it's interesting that he's, like, happy and he's, like... He wakes up and he's, like, that's a nice leg every morning. And he's quite happy just to sit and drink beer and yeah. do the same... Because he's, like, oh, well, he kind of does the same things over and over again which is weird because he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do anything, but I choose to do these 
saying things when he's like, oh, we go back to the wedding. And she's like, well, go back to the wedding. <laughs> she yeah. just does yeah, to her. That's that. like, yeah. she just doesn't get it. And he's like, oh, yeah, why not? It's a nice time. We're having a drink and all that. Um, well, I do yeah. remember, I mean, I said we weren't going to talk about Camus. Um, I do, I, I, this isn't this isn't me being, oh, aren't I great? Uh, because I haven't read it. I've only heard this secondhand, I think, via Stephen Fry. The myth of Sisyphus, you know, pushing the, the rock up the hill and it, and it rolling down again. He's doing that for immortality. And yeah. again, I'm hearing this second or third hand, but basically Camus made the argument that in that, Sisyphus found a strange, uh, an absurd happiness. And I think that's what Niles has. He's actually quite content. Oh, yeah, I've, heard, yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard this, yeah, that it's like he's he's happy up until like the rock falls back down or something that he's like you said it's yeah yeah I've heard that but yeah I heard that myself actually because you know it's, it's, this this film is, is layered in the sense that you could just enjoy it as like a funny high concept film where they've got a they're on an adventure or you can see it as you can get really deep into it somebody could write you know the philosophy you know those, those books of philosophy and hmm. arrested development or whatever um, you could definitely do that in this film for me if I was to ever actually get around to actually writing a film rather than just doing a few scenes here and there um, and talking about it and reading about it my my idea with and what the advice I've read is that really what a film is a lot of the time is you start with a moral message or a moral quandary like you know how do you approach the absurd absurdity of existence and you have say four or five characters each of which embody a different approach to that conundrum and then by the end if you as a filmmaker have got um, an opinion on that and a perspective on that, you make that character right, or you challenge yourself to make that character wrong and actually understand that they were that it's something else and it's more complicated. And I think that that is the great conflict in this film. Gosh, it'd be great if more films had that. Well, and so, yeah, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many films don't have such last week's film, for example. Them, so it's like last week, you was yeah. You were saying, you know, what is this film about? And I had to be like... Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's a fun story. <laughs> and it's, and you were like, it's not good enough, is but it? what yeah, is it? <laughs> I don't think that's enough for me, anyway. No, it's a fair point, fair point. Yeah, I, and there is two, like... There's, like, two or three, like, poignant scenes in this film when he goes and sees Roy in um, Irving, I think it is, he says. Yeah, um, Irvine. At, yeah, is it Irvine? And then um, when... The, is it, is it in the, no not in the bar when they're in the tent and she's like coming around to the idea of kind of oh no sorry they're sat outside talking yeah. and I think you she tells the yeah and she tells him about being married before for two years or whatever and she was like I knew it was never going to work and she just she knew when she was walking down the aisle and she was still you tell she was like still almost recovering from that sort of, so yeah. to speak like she was still trying to deal with it um which I thought was, you know, there was like that that part of revealing something about herself. And then when he doesn't want to leave and he doesn't remember what his job used to be and things like that. So yeah. that, they, they were interesting parts. And I suppose it can lead on to the questions of, so how, so you said you thought he'd been in there decades or something already. At least. So you think, I, see, mean, I didn't get that Certainly if he can't himself. remember what job he had. Yeah, that would be unusual, wouldn't it, after, I mean, but you wouldn't forget what job... You'd have to have been in there a hundred years to forget what job you had. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm talking like this could be over a thousand years. You think it could be that long? Yeah. He, he does. He does seem to know everything, doesn't he? 
Um, he knows everything. He knows every movement. He, he, there's little things. So Groundhog Day, they show him um, learning certain skills. And so Groundhog Day, people had had um, hypothesized that he must have been in there thousands of years to be that good at so many things. And then I think it was um, Zemeckis, I think. Was it Zemeckis who made it? Was it Harold Ramis? I think it was Ramis, wasn't it? Ramis. He said it. No, it's 35 years. He was there 35 years. Or somebody wow. said it's 35 was- years. Because um, obviously years. he gets to be, you know, great at the uh, the piano and the guitar and oh maybe not the guitar but you know all these yeah, little things and he gets to be really good at the piano isn't thing. he and I yeah and so and so like in I this just assumed film, it was like a year or something <laughs> no what a year and he's forgotten what job he did and he no can no not Adam Sandler like he can hit the bullseye Sandberg. twice uh, oh Groundhog Day yeah I was just assumed it was about just over a year or something in that no film. it's it's like you know so for example in Groundhog Day and in this film we learn that he's killed himself in so many ways. Yeah. You don't do that every day. Like, most days, you just go about your day and go to the wedding or piss about by the beach. So it's like, maybe once a month, you might try and kill yourself. And you do these things over and over again. Maybe you explore with things that you sort of... <laughs> he always like. says, it's not but fun it's, dying in the ICU. Pain is yeah, real. <laughs> slowly dying in the ICU yeah. is the worst way to die. You know, and he's done that. You know, and, and Roy comes around every few days, or is it weeks at this point? Yeah, he's not sure, is he? Yeah. I, for me, he's it'd be, it'd so, be so hard to keep count, wouldn't it? Because well, yeah, you've got no method, you've got nothing. You can't write it down. No. Yeah. So in the in the IMDb trivia, oh. I think I don't know what quite, what quite what interview it says. It, something like the filmmaker said, it's anywhere between forty years and four million, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in that sweet spot. <laughs> um, because genuinely, if this if they said okay, we intended this as ten thousand years, it wouldn't surprise me because of just how just how perfectly resigned to it he is and just how perfectly he knows everything. Yeah. You know, he seems to know every member of the town, you know, everything about them, those his little details. Yeah, it was funny you were saying as well that they're very self-aware of the Groundhog Day effect and yeah. in the fact that they... Uh, that she tries to do like a good deed or something. <laughs> she tries to be... <laughs> yeah, like a bit that's like very knowing, isn't it? Because isn't it like in Groundhog Day, essentially, like he gets out because he makes... Um, what she called fall in love with him um, Andy McDowell Andy Rita, McDowell not Rita is it Rita oh, who gives a fuck it's Andy McDowell the bat she's <laughs> wooden as I, generally when I rewatch that film as a, as a teen in, in my early awful, 20s I would, I would stop watching it when it gets to the actual romance bits between <laughs> them <and laughs> really? this, is where, this is where I don't care about his goal I don't mean um, to I just, I'm sure she's a lovely person but she's not a good actress no she's, she's not the right casting for that film and, and that's no, and a little bit that's I'm sorry but like I don't mean to be mean to Bill Murray but Bill Murray isn't as isn't good looking enough to pull Andy McDowell he would have to be, he would have to be in there 35 years for that to happen he would have well, to it's an interesting thing because him. with Bill Murray it's never been that he's good looking he just has he's um, charming it's charm and charisma isn't it and, yeah he's uh, and I think he, he, he is the sort of man Smart. who even if he wasn't famous would have done alright for himself in that regard because yeah. he's just uh, yeah he just oozes that charisma yeah and I think with with that, I think what is ultimately unsatisfying with Groundhog Day is sorry. I, I love I do love those speculating about those um, how long these people have been in these time loops for because you can come up like you said it could be thousands of years it could be you know I'm, I'm surprised that they they went as far as thirty five years actually in Groundhog Day. Um, 
But again, you know, so he, he becomes an absolute. He becomes an absolute pro on the piano, yeah. and he and he knows like every step of every like the like security car kind of uh, cars and stuff. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the what was I going to say? The, yeah, the ultimately unsatisfying aspect of Groundhog Day is that it's not explained, and obviously you don't need it explained. But what I mean is, was this like Cupid? Saying no, he needs to find love. Uh, what I heard mm. was, and, I've, and it, it's actually cited in a lot of books about screenwriting because it's a perfect kind of character arc. You know, you put the you put somebody in their worst possible situation, or you have this scenario of oh, someone's going to live the day over and over again. Who's the perfect person to that situation? Well, it's him. You know, it's somebody who's not willing to change and so on, and you make him change over the course of however many years that was. But yeah. yeah, no, the idea that it's a year just isn't just doesn't fit because again, he's going to spend most of those days. That's just doing that's nothing. how it felt to me when I was watching the film because, yeah, they don't they I suppose they condense a lot into a couple of montages, don't they, near the end of the film when he's or yeah just before the romance stuff really kicks in, you know, when he's, he goes into the piano teacher and starts playing the piano and she's like, "You say this is your first time?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, stuff like and that. She's, so. Yeah, and he's and he's doing the performance and she's telling everyone in the crowd, "I, I taught him." <laughs> yeah, I suppose I perhaps that's maybe the issue with these kind of films and the fact that they're constrained by their their runtime and stuff like that. Um, if like obviously with this film, you, it's good that you don't know how long he's been in there because he's obviously he's he's lived that a lot and he's not the character you're you're seeing the world through or the you're not introduced to this world through. Even though he's the main character, you're you're coming to terms with the world of the repetitiveness through Sarah's eyes rather than yeah through exactly Niles because he eyes. is he's considered every avenue. You know, when she yeah. talks about, like, have you thought about it's calm? And he says, yeah, no, I've never considered the multiverse. Like, fucking hell, yeah. I've been here um, <laughs> X amount of years. Of course I've considered every aspect of it. And, you know, he's tried everything. And he's, I think he's... The reason why I think he's been there so long is because he intimates that he's done really bad things to people when he talks about, you know, they'll, it, you know it doesn't affect them because they don't remember, but it affects you. It stays with you when you hurt people and, and be bad yeah. to people. You'd have to be there for a long time, I think, before you started to do anything sadistic, unless you were quite sadistic, um, yeah. just out of intrigue and whatever. And I think, I think if I was there for a thousand years, I would go and kill people or something like that, yeah. just to for the absurdity of it. I think if you were um, there that long, though, you'd start. I think I would start bringing people into that cave with me. I'd bring the whole yeah. fucking wedding in. <laughs> you know? That would be well, me. that's a bit like that, that film Passengers that I never got around to seeing because it looked bad, but I really enjoyed Nerdwriter's take on it. You know, the um, Chris enough. Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence oh. space film. Oh, oh, see, I quite liked that film. It's one of these that gets ri- ridiculed and panned because they, they kind of messed up the... The order in which you should watch. Yeah, the, the have you seen the Nerdwriter? Have you seen the Nerdwriter video? Of re- no, re- I don't think it. I have. I might watch it though. Yeah, they, it basically just seems to fail on its editing. Um, well, the idea was that I think that Chris you Pratt is in so many ways. Well, so obviously it starts with him. We see why he wakes her, her up, mm-hmm. and then she discovers that he he did it on purpose. But it would have been much more interesting film if you see it from her point of view and you find out that he woke her up later. But they thought Chris Pratt is too likable. We can't make him the bad, evil, 
you know, to Anthony Perkins and Psycho kind of character. Yeah, they could have made him into like this properly creepy evil character who's yeah. like the real, a, a proper villain in the film, yeah. But instead it's a more corny romance yeah. between him and, you know, the yeah. two hottest stars at the time. I quite liked that film. I just, I, I, I genuinely liked it. I, I can, I, I think I sympathised with that character. I saw why he did it. It was well, wrong. Again, that's the, never have that's done the it, point, but, isn't it? That like, actually maybe if you'd have seen it from her perspective, he would have been a monster and then you learn to sympathise rather than yeah. just going, yeah, everything yeah. he did was right. She's overreacting. Yeah. She's been unreasonable, you know. Um, and I it's think an interesting, that, it's actually, it's a, that's an interesting concept. I'd like to see that done right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, with somebody that they're not scared to make it's a one of those creepy. films, I, I, I won't mind going back and watching again to see if I liked it as much the second time round. Because I yeah. might not like it. Maybe we could, you've said you're not seeing it, maybe we could do it for the podcast in like a sort of an examination of how not to make films or something bad. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Or maybe maybe we'll just put a link to the Nerd Writer video in our <laughs> social yeah. media. You sounds like you really don't want to watch it. <laughs> I'm just, well, like, it's kind of like I've seen it in that video, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah. like, I understand, I can totally understand why it would have been an appealing, enjoyable just film. It's a really good scene where she's, she's swimming and the gravity stops working and she's like kind of trapped in the air but in she's kind of drowning in mid-air because the gravity stops working so all the water raises up above her. It's really it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, that's, so that's, it's quite yeah. a universally panned film, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think just, just maybe a bit... I think I just like Maybe a bit um, pr- overproduced or, you know, the... the Producers got a bit too involved, yeah, and yeah. you know, speaking I, of I think I liked the premise. Know. I guess maybe I'm sometimes. I mean, a, a good premise can always make a dull film into a good film for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And again, just just could uh, from, again, I haven't seen it. Just from what I see, what I've heard, could have been. But and, and you know, yeah. speaking of production, uh, do you know the the interesting thing about the um, um, the production so on this one? I heard something. I read something a little bit. I was. I was when I was right, trying to write down my favourite lines for this film, and I went on to IMDb to to um, find the lines. I couldn't find the lines that I wanted, so I had right. to. So I thought, oh, I'll Google the script, and um, annoyingly, it wasn't in the script, so it looks like it was added in in production. But something about it was they sold the scripts. Do, do you know what? Why don't you tell us the story without sure. my yeah. misremembering things? So you know how films play at a festival, and then they can sell the rights from there. Yeah. So at Sundance, this was sold for the highest ever um, distribution rights. That's it, yeah. The previous record was 17,500,000. This sold for (laughs) 17,500,069. So it could be 69 cents more than... Uh, I don't actually know that. That's a very good question. I should look that up. I don't know. Um, but I found that really interesting, especially because, um, you know, if, if you look at the stats on this... You know, it costs five million. Which, by the way, this film looks amazing for five million. Like five million, it's so it's, that's a really good use of money, isn't that, it? I mean, obviously, is, yeah. five million to us is a great deal of money, but to a film, yeah, for a film production like this, with, with J.K. Simmons and Andy Samberg, I mean, surely, with special effects, with most of that you know, must have been taken upon fairly the, luxurious the scenes. They actually, yeah, yeah, presumably. But again, if you're working indie you do accept a much, like, a, you know, 10% of what you, or, or less of what you normally would ask I suppose for, you know. for somebody like the two leads of this film, I suppose it's one of those where if it's a big hit, that could lead to other big films. You know, how often do you see a 
a actor be a big hit in a small film and then they're suddenly yeah. a big superstar, uh, you know. They're sort of they're the sort of actors who would take something interesting as well and, and Christian Malotti said, you know, I wasn't actually working at the time and I got this through. Really? Andy Samberg says that the moment that he realised he should do this was when he's he's making out uh, with Chris, with um, Sarah and gets an arrow through the back and he's like, okay. This uh, you got my attention. <laughs> yeah, what was it? You, yeah. what was it? You had my attention. Now you have no. What, what's the oh. thing? You had my interest. You had my you interest. interest. Now, now you, you have, have my, my attention. attention. I think it might yeah. be. What well, films? That, that from? But anyway, that, that's uh, Django. Django Unchained. Oh, is Leonardo it? Caprio says it. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, of I'm course. In. Yeah, I used to have that on Blu-ray. It's a great film. Gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Um, yeah, and, and anyway, so I think, you know, a, a lot of actors just like to take on interesting projects with people yeah. they like. I mean, J.K. Simmons, the primary motivation for him being in it is because Andy Samberg was in it, and they've um, really? worked together a few times before, and he, he likes working with him. Mm, that's good. Uh, obviously he's good He's always excellent. He's very rarely, like, a four, isn't he? <laughs> he's always... A, I've never seen him less a, than a ten. He's uh, always he's at least just a got some of it. Yeah, yeah. He, he is wonderful, and he's, yeah. he's you know, he's... A, He's a great he's actor, isn't he? Third, he's third lead in this, and he's great. Uh, he always plays that kind of pissed off guy really well. Doesn't yeah, he? exactly. Just yeah, even if he's been nice and paternal, it's it's right under the surface, isn't it? He's going to call you shitbird and uh, <laughs> throw, a, throw a symbol at you or a chair. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, yeah. So incredibly cheap, five million sold for seventeen and a half and sixty nine cents, and then you know if wow. you look at the box office, it's it's less than a million because it wasn't in cinemas. However. It was according to Hulu streamed more than you know anything else in its opening weekend. So they'll have made. I mean, do they? How does it work? I mean, do they make money from people subscribing to watch that film? Yeah, Obviously, I think you that's have to the have idea, a of good it? films. Sam, uh, it's, so you've got it, to pay for them. I'll be honest; it's a deep topic that I don't have all the facts on. That I might have. No, we should talk uh, about maybe in the future. Or we should talk about another streamed film or something. But with yeah, that in mind, then with that in mind, then let's get into some other stuff. Hang on, hang um, on. Oh, you got more. Tell me more. What were you going to say next? Lines, scenes, etc. No, no. Well, we haven't talked about what I might not have liked about this film. Mm. We do of need course. to mention is that. It, is it lengthy? Not lengthy. It feels, no. like, it feels like there's something coming. Either you just aren't an enthusiastic person in talking, <laughs> or you didn't actually like this film and you're going to give it well, a 7 out of 10. It's just ostensibly a comedy, isn't it? So I, I have, I've always said, you know, I judge, I judge a comedy a lot more fairer than, say, I would like a Terrence Malick Oscar bait film. Do you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. You know, you know, Terrence Malick sitting, you know, musing on the, the meaning of life or... You know Spielberg's talking about spies and fucking yeah. Nazis or whatever or communists and you know there's those there's films that have a a level of sort of they they have a certain ideal and aspiration and obviously you judge those films a lot more critically than you would say. Come on, come on out with like it. This. What did you like, Hugh? Come on, come on, and tell us. I, there's nothing specific I didn't like about this film. There's, oh, it's good. not. It's a good film. Like it's not a bad film. Um, there's no bad characters in it. There's no... I mean, if you were saying about the characters, like all the, the extra characters around it, I didn't quite feel that, what you felt about like there's, they're all interesting characters. I think they tried I only really realised it on second or third viewing. Yeah. I was like, they're all just like a bit quirky and uh, something. Yeah. I, I didn't quite feel that, you know, but I've only watched it once. Um, my only... The, the only criticism I have is of this film is... And it's harsh, but it's it's a fair criticism because it's can you can directly compare it. Is is this film better than Groundhog Day? 
and for me it's not better than Groundhog Day and if you take even if you take away 20 years of nostalgia for that film and you know seeing it when you were young and all that and you know I've watched it obviously like three or four times I don't it doesn't have the same verve that say uh, Groundhog Day has um I think Sarah, uh, Chris, Christine, is it Christy? Christy? Christine. Christy? Christine. Christine Malotti. Christine, sorry. Yeah. Christine Malotti. She's a lot better than, um, <laughs> than Andy McDowell, no doubt. But Andy Samberg, I really like him in, you know, stuff I've seen him in. But I don't, he doesn't quite have the same charm as, say, somebody like... Um, he's not as lived in as a Bill Murray. <laughs> it's no, fair he's to not. Say. He's not. Bill Murray had some city miles on the time <laughs> done. done uh, you know what? They can't have been that different in age. I'm going to find out how old was No, Bill they probably Murray. not. And, <laughs> Andy Samberg, he, he has a young-looking face. He's kept his he? looks. He's, he's got a perfect face for comedy because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's kind of goofy-looking, but he's, he's very childish in his... He's handsome. He's handsome enough to be like a leading. He is as well, but that's weird, isn't it? But he's also yeah, yeah. He's also not like you would look at him and go. He's not the stunner in the room. Like you could put him next. He's got a lot of angles. There's a lot lot of angles. angles Yeah, (laughs) you put him next to like the husband. Uh, the groom in this film who's like that's a hot guy in like a teen that's the vampire guy from, uh, thing yeah you know? is he from Supernaturally I know he's exactly, in Superman exactly he? Yeah. TV show yeah, so he's you the know, hot guy he, he does the whole walking around with his shirt off I, oh I, I like that twist actually things like oh, that. Yeah. I like the fact that yeah. you find out that it turns out that she slept with um the groom before the wedding that's interesting and then he starts crying when she she's like we're terrible people we done this. I oh, quite like that that was so, quite funny. sorry to put in so uh, Bill Murray was 43 when Groundhog Day came out Andy Samberg is currently 42 <laughs> is he 42? Yeah. wow the 80s were, the 90s were different man, 15 to 20 years different in Bill age. Murray looks like he's in his 40s and Andy Samberg looks like he's about he could pass for 32 he looks, he could, he looks younger than I do he's 42 yeah. he's not How old was he when he was in the Lonely Island then? He must have been they like started in 30 2002, or I think 2001, 2002. No, it's not that long ago. It's like that's when they started. That's when they started. They got famous through SNL like 10 years later, but yeah, that's when they started. Yeah, it was like 2007, 2008, wasn't yeah. it? When that, yeah, yeah. You know, jizz in my pants and all, all that, that came stuff, famous. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, so that is literally my only criticism of this film is it, it's not as good as Groundhog Day. I mean, that's fair enough. And that's you know, fine. If I heard you an amazing Western and you went, my only criticism is it's not better than Good, the Bad, the Ugly, I go, fair enough, because that's an 11 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah I mean, Groundhog Day is yeah. a proper 9 to 10 out of 10 for me. So, it is, so, Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Um, let's get into our, our proper traditions then. So favourite scene. Well, just well, this is, this is, this is what I was going to say about this film just before we go on. Is it is, that it's not as good as Groundhog Day? It's not no, it's not as good as Groundhog Day. So if that's fine, that was my that's my big criticism. But it just kind of washed over me. It's like you said, it's fine for like a Friday Saturday night, you know, fun film in front of the TV with like you know somebody or whatever. But it's it. I I don't know. It might do. It might come back up. But I feel like it's not going to live long in the memory. Interesting. Okay. It's just I, there's just something missing from it, and I can't put my finger on it. And it's not the cast. It's one of those films that. It's probably not greater than the sum of its parts. It's but it's as good as it's not less than. You know, like sometimes you get what amazing parts. All these great. Sorry, what amazing parts? You know, like Stargate isn't much better than some of its parts. But this film, if if it's not greater than the sum of its parts, it's still got great parts. It's still it's good enough. Yeah, Mm. it was. I just it's the film was fine. It was it was enjoyable. I liked a couple of the twists in it some of the jerks in it um, 
you know it had a bit of heart which it might have been could have been lacking but it didn't quite I, I, I don't think I'm going to look back in 20 years and go oh you know it's not going to become the touchstone for um you know films where they go back in you know yeah. uh, time loop okay films. so Grand Day I mean? is maybe an unfair comparison because the bar is so high how does it compare with Edge of Tomorrow well, this is it. it. The comparison, the direct comparison is Groundhog Day because Edge of Tomorrow is an action film. No, I know that, but as a time loop film, you know. You, but, then, but then you could say, well, how does it compare to the time loop films or time loop episodes in like Star Trek? <laughs> There's an episode where I think Seven of Nine goes back in time and keeps reliving the same day for different things. Or there's one in like Star Trek Deep Space Nine where Miles O'Brien's in a time loop. How does it compare you know, to that, that scene bit? where Doctor Strange goes up to Dormammu as a film? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's a time but loop. But the point it? I'm making I is think... if, you know, it's not, it, it's a it's a it's a fair criticism to say it's not as good as Groundhog Day, but that's not a slight on the film. I wouldn't because Groundhog Day is so good. But what I mean is, as a fun time, but loop it's film, not a slight. I mean, how does it compare? I think, to I think tomorrow? the best comparison is Groundhog no, Day. We've, we've, we've so established similar. that, and I've, 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 I've fully accepted that view because <laughs> no, but you because get my I point. Probably is it's prefer, a comedy, I, it's a romantic comedy. Groundhog Day to, to this film, but how I does this do. compare to say <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow? It's fine, yeah, but Edge of Tomorrow is more about action, isn't it, and adventure? And okay, we're going we're going nowhere you know, with this. Uh, do you have any more criticisms? Yeah, I know what you, I know what you're saying, but I wouldn't directly compare the. T- well, you, I suppose they have the same premise. I would say Edge of Tomorrow probably plays with its premise better, but then the stakes in Edge of Tomorrow are a lot higher. Yeah, in that film, and then and then they they abandon it after a while as well. I think by the by the final act. They've gone past the point where he can. Well, that's um, where the stakes are raised again. Yeah, they're they're always saying they're gonna gonna make a sequel to that film. But that's a great film. It is. It is a really good fun film. Again, again, a film I could watch over and over again. So, shall we? Shall we finally get into? Yeah. Okay. Favorite favorite scene. Favorite lines. Favorite favorite shot. Uh, The one that I had in the end for this was when when Roy. uh, Sorry, when Niles goes to see Roy, and. yeah, I thought that was a really good scene because it kind of put it in perspective for like what Roy had been doing to him, what he had done to Roy. Because it's quite a selfish thing that he does, but he and Roy obviously doesn't really forgive him. But then finally, when he's, he says, oh, "I want to spend the time in the ICU," yeah. he was like, "Oh, you know, I could see kind of from your point of view." He he talks about trying to, you know, he finds a, a bit of happiness inside the time loop. Um, you know, like like you said. In Groundhog Day, he's like, why, why can't I live the day where I'm having making love under the tree? Yeah. And it's like, Roy's kind of in his in his sort of do, dom, domicile bliss, isn't he? And he's with his kids and his um, and his wife. Yeah. You know, what does he say? His wife's in the the prime of her womanhood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what about for yourself? Exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same. Oh, really? Like you say, a bit of perspective. What? As as the moral heart of the film, I thought that was a really beautiful scene because, and again, a lot of a mm. lot of. Um, I keep not wanting to say it because I don't want to. I don't want to uh, colour your opinions of it. But there is another time loop, loop film that has a similar moral message, and okay. you know, for for me as a as a working parent, what it, films? What film has a time loop? What other time loop film is it? Is there? Well, again, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to say what it is. I'll neither confirm nor deny. But as a, as a working parent, you know, sometimes <laughs> when I'm with my daughter, yeah. I'm tired or I've got other stuff to do, and it can be hard not to. 
appreciate that time with her when she wants to play a game and I'm too just tired and don't want to play that game over and over again. And yeah. I love that idea that just by repetition he's learned to dis- to to come to terms with it doesn't get any better than that. You know, and, yeah. and I think that there there is a time when we need to consider that. You know, the yeah. the, the great line in the, the last episode of the American Office where Andy says, uh, "I wish you, I wish there was a way of knowing you were in the good old days while you were still living them." Where, you know, in many ways, there's been probably times in the last few years of our lives where where we are uh, health wise and whatever else, and mm. and to to not appreciate that because because you're always wanting. A bit more money, or to get yeah. fitter, or well, the grass is always greener, isn't it? The grass is always greener, it? and and you know what? Other, ultimately, what's it striving for? There's a really excellent um, video that was animated by uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone of, of South Park, and it's a to what it's about a speech by Alan Watts that I might share before. It's music and life, and he's saying you know we've got this system, this series of systems, whereby there's always this incentive, you know, kind of finish kindergarten you get into this school and this school and you finish that and you go to university and then you get into a grad school and then you go to work and they give you these incentives um and uh, you're always chasing that thing whether it's money or heaven or whatever it is and you get to a point maybe in your 40s when you realize that you get that promotion and, and there was nothing there really all along and and they'd lied to you all this time and really it was a musical thing and you were supposed to dance and sing while it was being played you know uh, mm-hmm. And there are times when you're supposed to think that you know we're we're still young and and still uh, healthy and all that all that sort of stuff and it's just a, a just a really amazing scene to put that into perspective in what is essentially a kind of screwball comedy high concept thing. There is that there is yeah. that heart to it. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, favorite line. Fair enough. Favorite line. Uh, so for me, favorite line. It's that exchange near the end of the film where Niles has the little like. Soliloquy. <laughs> he's one sentence, and that yeah, his grammatical and nightmare. And then he goes emphatic period. And she's <laughs> like, that was grammat- That was a grammatical nightmare. I'm hoping it didn't distract from my point too much. An emphatic period is just an exclamation point. And then the line I really like is what he says next. He goes, "I didn't want to seem desperate." <laughs> that was the line that I had to look up. I tried to go back and watch that bit of the film because it wasn't weirdly. It's not in the script. It's, the whole so sentence is. In the um, IMDb lines, but that maybe that line isn't. No, it's not annoyingly. That's, that's funny. Um, yeah, my favorite line. I think linked to my favorite scene. Obviously, you, you got to find your Irvine. I thought it was just wonderful. I think that's that could be a that could be a, a motto that someone lives by. Um, again, mm. in terms of the uh, sort of beating heart of the film, Niles says we kind of have no choice but to live. So I think your best bet is just to learn how to suffer existence. Um, and I have done a lot of reading hmm. into these things. There's a great book by I think her name is Sarah Bakewell. Joan Joan Bakewell is something else, isn't she? She's an actress or a TV presenter or something. Yeah. Anyway, Sarah Bakewell. It's twenty. It's about um, Montagna, the you know the writer um, Montaigne, Montagna from the like Montaigne, the I think, 16th century or whatever. And it's something like twenty-one. It's a it's a how to live twenty one questions twenty one twenty one answers to the ultimate question or something like that, and a lot of it's kind of like stoicism and uh, understanding and just accepting um, the absurdity of it all. And I just thought that that line sums it up really well. And obviously, of course, 
as a funny line, the one that made me laugh out loud the most was when they uh, um, when they interrupt the wedding ceremony playing their role plays, and she's some sort of like weird pirate, and he says, and she is the nemesis of the the bride, and based on her accent from origins unknown, <laughs> she's doing like a really bad French accent. It's a good line. <laughs> one that made me laugh was um, where Roy goes, little Joey. It's watering dog shit. It's weird. <laughs> Tending his dog shit. <laughs> Just shows the kid watering some yeah. dog shit. <laughs> it's great that bit. Yeah, there is some funny lines in it. It's, um, it's and you know, like I like it when she's going to crash the car and he just puts his head against the the dashboard. What are you doing? Bracing for a quick death <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there's nothing worse than slowly dying in the ICU. You know, that's the just a, a nice recurring line. Um, favorite shot. Yeah. What did you have as favorite shot? Uh, there wasn't too many in this, but I picked the dinosaurs. Oh yeah, the big, you know the first time they the see first them, time. and they're in the distance. Yeah, I quite liked that. I almost feel like the second so, time is more mysterious, isn't it? You know, right at the end, you could almost miss them. Yeah, right? I had to I, rewind to check they were there. Yeah, they were just a little bit too far away, weren't they? Yeah. In the end, I thought that was, I thought that was a bit bad actually. I was because I would have picked that, but. Yeah, it's either that or this might be yours. Actually, in fact, you do yours, and I'll tell you the other one that I. I no, I, I just I really, I really like I really like when Niles and Roy were in the bath, uh, going, "We're the shit, we're the shit, you're alive," you know, <laughs> head head to head. <laughs> I just really like that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. What was your other one? I like the fact that he he figures out that she was in, um, the groom. What's he called? Abe. Abe's room. Abe, yeah. Um, because of the hair, yeah, the hair miss. Um, yeah, hair miss. That, that, I thought that was quite a nice. Yeah, especially pitch. having lived that day, and they they do so well. Again, when you rewatch it, to actually signpost that a lot. There's a there's a morning when she wakes up. I mentioned really about five times. To be fair, what do you mean? No, no not the hair miss, but I that mean missed. generally they signpost oh. the fact that she's sleeping with them a few times. So there's one that's so blatant really? when you rewatch it. She wakes up really happy because she's had a lovely day with Niles. She hears the shower and looks at the bathroom, and then her face falls, and then it cuts to a different scene, and it's a picture of Tala and Abe, like close oh, in on yeah, Abe, it is, isn't it? and it's yeah. like, oh wow, that's telling us that she's uh, looking at, see, you know, these little see. things that you like, you're not expected to Subtle get, nods. yeah, but yeah. On re- it really, yeah. It really does uh, represent value, isn't it? Yeah, foreshadowing, yeah, the, and signposting, it really represents other, value for rewatching. The other shot that I. I thought was quite a nice shot was when she's reading all the physics books and it does that close oh, up on yeah. her and it shows like the like the little graphics like the CGI stuff yeah. the little orange flecks behind her head yeah. that was kind of, that was my first choice but then I thought the dinosaurs was more was more poignant for the film itself because it's kind of a a thing that happens it's it's important to their relationship isn't it yeah and the, the ambiguity of the film is great as well so in the interviews I've seen they've all been very careful not to like say this is what was meant because different people have different perspectives on it in the people who made it so you know the strange thing yeah. that um, Nana Schlieben you know the old woman says to uh, to Sarah oh, yeah, there's that you'll be ready to go now or, you know yeah and obviously seeing the dinosaurs at the end it's a case of you could interpret it as they've died and gone to heaven or something, or they've messed with the time space well, continuum it, so the dinosaurs this are there the whole, or what. Yeah, this is the whole thingy, isn't it? On uh, off um, when it comes to talking about Groundhog Day, some people have said he's in hell, haven't they? Or yeah, limbo, purgatory. Or, yeah. purgatory. Yeah, it's more the one that's get mentioned, I suppose. And I suppose this would be the definition of 
hell, wouldn't it? Or pur- or at least purgatory, yeah. because it's not a ter- it's not a terrible place to be, as you said. It's quite a nice day. Yeah. You know, you're at a wedding. You you're, you're probably well rested from the night before and all that jazz. And uh, yeah. You can drink psychologically. You'd need work. to sleep, wouldn't you? If you just die and then immediately wake up, you'd never stop yeah. living, and that would be ter- terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but that I was that got me thinking. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, do they wake up from the night before with the amount of sleep that they, they had must that feel night rested? Before? Yeah, yeah, or are they? Yeah, that sort of. Or are they? God, imagine up if you feel this. Imagine if you had a late night the night before. You got stuck in a time loop, so you're always yeah, and tired, you're constantly groggy. Oh God, you just go for a nap. Yeah, or you're hungover. <laughs> God, imagine if you were hungover. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I'm infinitely hungover. That'd be awful. <laughs> Sometimes I wake yeah. up and I get a migraine. <laughs> if I could, if I could have that for a million years, that'd be awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. So yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, you know, I love this film. So we're gonna go for a little break. When we get back, we'll get some uh, critics. We'll get your rating, and we'll have a little quiz. Join us after the break. Good stuff. Hello, welcome back to the third and final part of Please Watch This. Uh, we're ready for some critics, Hugh. Would you like to hear some critics? Yes. Good, right. Okay, so, um, Peter de Bruges, oh, that's how I'm going to pronounce it, Peter de Bruges of Variety, like said, Palm Springs is to time loop movies as Zombieland was to the undead genre. It's an irreverent take on a form where earlier iterations were obliged to take themselves seriously. And I think that's a really good... Um, Really good summary. It's got a great score on Metacritic, by the way. I think it was eighty-three percent on Metacritic. It was, you know, very well loved. Vince Mancini mm. or Mancini of Uproxx uh, said, "Palm Springs is the perfect kind of art comedy. It comes on like a brilliantly silly little lark, and eventually lands on you like a ton of bricks." Which uh, I think yeah. is great. You know, it, it, it blends knockabout comedy with um, something more deep. I don't that. know if it was the first. A film to be irreverent though with the uh, the concept. I mean, again, I hate to say it, but Groundhog Day. <laughs> I mean, that sort of started it. It didn't really take itself so anyway. Uh, but that sort of took anyway. Uh, let's hear from our favourite living critic. Just a quick twenty second second end of review uh, soundbite. It's just the right movie at the moment. And as I said, obviously, it definitely owes a debt to other films, but it does do something new and interesting with those ideas. It's no masterpiece, and it's certainly not the most original film you will ever see, but it is funny, and it is witty, and it is nicely played. And I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it much more than I thought I was going to. It's on Amazon Prime Video, and it's called Palm Springs. So, that was Mark Kermode. You know what? Who, who I like wholeheartedly agree with Mark Kermode. That's kind of my... That would be my review of the film, yeah? It, that's how I felt about it. Yeah. Not a masterpiece, yeah. but more than yeah. you... Enjoyed it more than you thought you would. So, yeah. well, you know, we like Mark Kermode a lot, but you are the most important critic at the moment. I've got a suspicion as to what your rating would be. How many uh, pizza lilos out of ten <laughs> would you like give Palm Springs? Yeah, how many 10th of November's? <laughs> uh, or 9th of November, since it's a rating system that on a day that repeats. Um, have I done my deja vu jerk? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, I was worried about that. What's wrong with a seven? A seven's good. A seven's like a seven is good. I think it's just for Top me 30%. at least. It's 
slightly better than that. But no, fair enough. Fair enough. I think Seven's just a bit. Kind I of think like, it's. Really, I think it's good really enough. Cool. It's. Uh, it's just. I just don't feel like it's a film I'm going to be watching again in twenty years' time. If um. If I had, if I had to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. Know, fair enough. It's nothing um, personal, but I don't. Feel, I just don't feel it. Doesn't feel like it's a classic. Um, no, yeah. I, I think. I think for me, like I said before, you know, my my favorite favorite all time list films have to be something more. But my actual go to, actually secretly favorite films are like this. You know, Crazy Stupid Love is another one that. I wouldn't put it in my top three, but actually I love more than most films and, and so on. Anyway, so I'd give this probably an 8.5, 8 to 8.5 for me. Um, let's find out quiz-wise then. You've ruined one of the quiz questions as usual, but we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Okay. Question one. What is Sarah's role at the wedding? To, uh, maid of Honour. Very good. These are quite easy questions, I should yep. say. Uh, list four people that Niles slept with during the loop. Um... His girlfriend, Misty, Very good. Sarah, yep. um, the waitress, and that yep. guy, and the black guy. <laughs> good. Yeah, absolutely. Could have also had Darla at the bar. Oh, Darla, that was her name. <laughs> um, what does Sarah spray in her hair? Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's like something mist. No, not mist. Mist? Hair mist? Some form of... It's a form of orchid. hair mist, but it's that, yeah. Orchid. Orchid. Orchid hair mist. <laughs> nope, you're not getting the I marks. can't remember the full name. Orchid but... Explosion by Foley. Oh, that was, that was it, yeah. Uh, this was the one you ruined. What day is repeating? Oh, uh, is it 2nd of February? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the no. 9th of November, as I just really said. Yeah. Um, when Misty is giving her, her awful speech at the wedding, she looks up the dictionary definitions for two words. What two words does she look oh. up the dictionary definitions for? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was funny that. And she goes, etc. And then stops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just reads out the definitions. Yeah, Hashtag life goals, am I right? And the bride's like, I think she's finished. <laughs> you know, round of applause. Um, Awful. Oh, is it so, Is it like loyalty? Nah. Is it like... Well, it is, uh, but nah, not that Because one of them's like sex or something, isn't it? Some sort of attraction or something like that. Well, give me the question again. What are the two words that she oh, defines? <laughs> she says they're... Uh, I think that she I said that the two most important me. words in, in marriage... I can't remember, so... Love and commitment. Love and commitment. Yeah, so you weren't, you weren't a million uh, miles bit, off with sex bit, and loyalty. Bit, bit, bit more, uh, a bit more uh, foreshadowing there as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, good. Absolutely. Good stuff. So you scored uh, three out of five there. Not bad you, at all. People don't break up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm breaking up with you. I had the idea first. <laughs> yeah. No, you're cheating on me, you goof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, uh, good. So, any final thoughts on Palm Springs, Hugh? Um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's fine, and it? it's like it's it's like um, a not so good version of Groundhog Day, which I'm perfectly fine with. Would you recommend? It's not it? a bad film. I would. Yeah. Like if you like this kind of yeah, if you like these, I think it's an easy watch, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. It's not overly complex. They don't go too much into like 
you know, like you said, the nihilism or the 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 existential crisis of it all. And yeah, I quite like it. Although I suppose one thing that swings it for me for Groundhog Day as well is the fact that it is actually my birthday is the second of February. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's my day. My birthday is on Groundhog Day, which is always lovely because every year I can go. It's like I'm living the same day again and again. People keep saying the same thing to me every day on this year. Yeah, <laughs> this is, is like this is like speaking of joke as uh, of Mark Kerman as we were when he was criticizing Attack the Block. Joe Cornish said, "Who directed it? Um, your problem with Attack the Block is was that it wasn't Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> you weren't judging it on its own merit. And I think there, you got Crown of Day in the head in your brain for this yeah. film." Yeah, which is fair yeah. enough. That it's I knew, not there'd, be, as I knew as that. there'd be a lot of Groundhog Day chatter because yeah. of its similarities. Yeah. Which you know, what what can you do? You know, it's like we couldn't do we couldn't do Armageddon on this podcast if without talking about Deep Impact. If, <laughs> if we you know, if we hadn't seen either of those films or one of those films, yeah. we couldn't talk about one without the other. They're, they're they're too synonymous. And in this regard, these films are very much. You know, they're, if they're not in lockstep, they're certainly they're certainly following each other by, around. It? It's, yeah, it's, it's it's inspired by and, and consciously avoided uh, as well. Um, well, Hugh, it leads me to my que- next question to you: uh, What film are we going to do next week? What film are you going to force me to watch this week? <laughs> time for next week. Uh, the film I'm going to force you to watch next week in time for next week. Or, the, or might be, you might watch it next week and in time for next week is uh, the 2000 film Russell Crowe film uh, Gladiator because you said you hadn't seen it and it's one of my favourite yeah. films and the critics said by episode 92 we'd be running out of classic films and uh, we're not you know Gladiator yeah. is a classic film so obviously the question you're going to ask me is what do I know about it I have seen part of the no opening. I was going to ask you if I'd done my deja vu joke yet <laughs> fucking hell Oh, so good that this is free. So good that this podcast is free. So sorry. <laughs> so yeah, what do you know? I mean, I've uh, seen the opening battle. I think this feels like a film that you probably know a lot. You've seen it's one of these kind of films you know probably most of the action beats and yeah, it's a bit Star beats. Wars, yeah. a bit Indiana Jones, a little bit um, Shining was for you. Having said that, you know, other than the what do they call it? Do they call it the Colosseum? Uh, yes. Yeah. Other than the Colosseum bits, and I don't know how much of the film that is. I don't know much about it. I know his speech, so I, I know some of the things that presumably happen. I know about Whacking Phoenix in it, but I will be surprised by a lot of it. There'll be things. I think uh, Oliver Reed's in it as well, isn't he? Yeah, he and yeah. there's some really dodgy CGI. There's a really dodgy CGI scene with him in because right. he, he died on pro- while producing the film. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. His last um, film role. Speaking of Oliver Reed, have you seen that little acting masterclass video thing? It's no. it's one of my it's one of the best parts of YouTube, listener. Uh, just look at Oliver Reed acting um, class, and he's talking to a man who wants to play a villain, and this man is so stupid and inept, and Oliver Reed just comes across so well. I, I, I'll put a link mm. on the socials, um, but no, I am looking forward to it. I do think I'm going to like it. You know, I like people involved in it. Um, there's no reason why I won't like it. Yeah, uh, so I, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be a bit more like a kind of a Indiana Jones sort of Star Wars scenario where you know more about it than you probably realised, and yeah, things might not be in the right order in your head, but yeah, you're not going to be overly surprised by anything. But I think you'll, I think overall you'll enjoy it. But I think anyway, that's for next week. 
as for now, Hugh, uh, yep. if the listener wants to get in touch with us and tell us their thoughts on Palm Springs, your deja vu, half joke, uh, or Gladiator, <laughs> how can they do yeah. it? Well, what they need to do is they need to go to Palm Springs in uh, California and then... Drive to Austin, Texas. Yep. In 19 and a half hours. Yeah, if that's what they want to do. But yeah, and then they need to somehow find themselves inside a time loop, but preferably in time, maybe to get a message to us in the, right. so they would have they would have to start their time loop maybe after this episode I, I don't know I'm not so look it breaks causality I'm not so much upon the physics of it I don't <laughs> get it you know I'm not I'm not a physicist so yeah they they figure it out do you know what I mean right yeah figure it out it, I suppose they'd have to be stuck in the time loop for maybe the day of, before we record this episode so the email gets to us maybe Okay, so so Wednesday or the day the after nineteenth of they, May. Yeah, when would they have to? When would they have to email us? So we get it. They'd have to be in a time loop after we've recorded the show, wouldn't they? Well, as long so they're as they're not in a time loop in time to email into the show, because if they if they're in the time loop, they would have to be on the t- maybe they'd have to be in the time loop on the day that they sent the email. But then we would never. Then we would never record the show in their timeline, would we? We would never get. It would just get sent. Is that enough? That's enough. But anyway, as long as they it's want to do in that. our timeline. Yeah, yeah. but if they want if to, do they that, were to do that, and they wanted to send an email, yeah, uh, that's a please watch this dot pod at gmail dot com. Sam, if they wanted to get on touch with us through social media, how could they do that? They could get on touch with us on Twitter on at please watch us, pod. Yeah. <laughs> at please us, watch yeah. pod. Yeah. At please watch pod for the third time. Uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, do that. Um, so yeah, Hugh. Good all stuff. that remains to be said is that we need to thank the listener. Thank so you, listener. Go Good. Thank you, listener. Uh, and we we appreciate your patronage. And we'll talk at you next week. Yeah. Uh, see you next week. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Have I done my deja vu yet?